This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Thanks, y'all. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together, we are FNA Van Life. This is the show where every week we bring you news from the nomadic community or interviews with other nomads so that you can know what it's really like to live life on the road. And we really know what it's like to live life on the road. And we have a couple that is coming on that also really knows what it's like to live life on the road. They do it a little bit different than us. They are Tyler and Grace, Adventure with Coffee, and we're looking forward to talking to them. But first, we're going to give you a little update in our lives and what's going on and where we're at and when we're going to be back on the road and all this good jazz. We are in a build phase. Build, build, build. That's part of life, though, I think. In order to get to that next part of life, you need to build some stuff up sometimes. Mm-hmm. This is our third rig that we've been working on. And before we get into that, I do want to give a huge shout out to our commenter of the week. If you've been loving the show, be sure to give a five-star review wherever you're listening to podcasts this one is from a king kong king kong what's up you're already beating <laughs> on that chest real hard they say great advice and good guests tons of great ideas advice and so much more on this podcast we really appreciate you taking the time just to drop that little beautiful note and i'll tell you what if it comes from king kong you know you gotta you gotta jump on this now because king kong be climbing up those buildings beating on his chest it definitely takes down godzilla no <laughs> I mean, King Kong, I feel like that's high praise. Thank yes. you. We appreciate that. So if you're loving the show, be sure to drop a comment wherever you're listening. It really brightens up our day and helps the podcast grow and reach more people. Yeah. And speaking of reaching more people, we can't wait to get back out on the road one of these days just so we could be around more people in the community. I feel like I've missed that aspect of life. Uh, you know, kind of being stuck stationary has been a little difficult, like mentally in a sense. Like, yeah, it's relaxing and it's kind of easygoing, but at the same time, it's, I I just miss being on the road. How about you, Alex? I think especially right now, because a bunch of events just happened. So Descend on Bend, um, Burning Man was just happening, which isn't necessarily van life, but a lot of van life people that we know Mm -hmm. attend Burning Man every year. So we're seeing all these kind of community events online. Northwest Nomads comes up this next week. So like, it's just all these things that we wish we could be at and be able to see some of the people that we've started living life on the road around and uh, met on the road while we were out there. Cause we know a lot of these people will be at these events. So it's kind of wild just to, to like miss that. I feel like. Yeah. And so if you are looking for an event to go to and you're in Oregon, Northwest Nomads is this weekend and it's so good. We wish that we could be there. Um, I think there are still tickets for sale. Actually, it's not this weekend. It's the 21st of September. So you've still got time to get over there. I've got baby brain right now. If you guys didn't know, I'm 39 (laughs) weeks pregnant and really kind of settling into that. I'm definitely slowing down. Um, We've been trying to do this 30 day van build thing. And the last like 10 to 15 days have been a lot slower than the first. And I just tried to like strap up a watermelon to me and like some melons on me, 25 pounds worth of weight, and which is still 10 pounds less than what, what Alex has gained with this baby belly. And I could barely do it. It took me two hours before I gave up. Yeah. Like, and I'm not a person that gives up on things. But yeah. It was straining my back. It was making me feel kind of cranky and angry. And it's just not good to have two pregnant people uh, working <laughs> on stuff together at the same time. Yeah. It definitely makes it a lot harder to like move around and be mobile and pick things up and do things. And so definitely would not recommend starting your van build when you're aggressively pregnant. Yeah. But huge shout out to Alex for, you know, just being a trooper throughout this whole thing. I'm so excited and proud of you, babe. You've been amazing. And it actually has been like, sometimes I think like, holy crap, how does she do this? Especially after having that stuff on me, it really made me realize that even though the experience is totally different um, from what she's experiencing compared to what I did, but at least it gives me like some type of grounding in my mind of what it might be like. I really want to strap the Thames machine up to your belly and give you some contractions. I don't know if I could do that one. I feel like you would not last like three minutes. I think I could make it to like an eight. 
You could make it to a level eight. Level eight, yeah. I can't even make it to a level two on my back. <laughs> well, I wonder if like maybe you probably have like more fluids and stuff in yourself at the moment. All right. Well, maybe I'm going to accept that challenge. Maybe if you weren't pregnant, then maybe you'd be able to go a little bit higher. Oh, okay. Frank's, <laughs> Frank's throwing out the big guns. All right. I think we know what's happening next year, people. Yeah. Stay tuned next on Instagram. Year? Next year? No, like right now. Oh, you said you said next year. So. Next year. Oh. Oh, next year you gotcha, wish it was gotcha. next year yeah it was i think i that was like um you know selective hearing and i selected what i wanted to hear <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we'll do that next year yeah you'll remember i'm sure yeah, yeah. so stay yeah. tuned to instagram or tiktok or wherever you guys catch us on the socials and you'll get to see frank enjoying some contractions i think i just did that to myself didn't i guys yes you did (laughs) that's what i get for opening my big fat mouth yeah so anyways back to the build we are currently on a bit of a delay we needed some welding work done and we thought it was going to be a quick job we got quoted that it would only take four hours you know he needed to get the materials first of course but then it should be quick and easy and now it's been over a week that this guy has had our vehicle and we're kind of like do we go get it do we take it back do we leave it there when is he actually going to get to work on it you know like obviously this isn't his number one project but like it's our number one project. And so there's all these things that come up in a van build that are going to slow you down. I think one of the things that I wish that would have happened with that is we could have said like, hey, can you tell us when you have time for this? And then we'll drop the rig off. And then it could have happened maybe like that day or the next day, you know, something along those lines, because it, it really makes it a struggle for us to get this build done in 30 days. Like there isn't too many things left, but there's enough for it's like at least three weeks of work work. You know, and that that's actually what I kind of thought of, like, oh, you know, I could have this done by this amount of time. And I hit that like right on the money when it came to the electrical aspect. But then I was like, all right, I'm going to need at least three days for this and another, you know, five days for this. So now we're like really at the crunch time because the baby come at any moment and the guy still has the rig and it just makes it a lot harder. Yeah. So anyways, we are. Working on what we can, we do have some woodworking stuff and we poured a whole epoxy countertops again. We did that in our first build. They look amazing. Yeah, Can't wait to dope. show you guys. And but, this time it's like a double pour. Last time it was only like a single. So I feel like it's thicker, it's stronger, it's more well made. And more beautiful, I think, because yeah. we kind of knew what we were doing from the first time around. Kind of. We fucked up on the first one. Let's be real. <laughs> well, that's why it got a double coat. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, knowing that, knowing that you know, we could do this stuff is kind of wild because these are the things that we have never done before, you know, making these vans. And now that we're doing it, it's just kind of amazing what you find yourself being, having the abilities to do, like what's possible. Anything that you try in life is possible. So you just have to, you have to just go do it. You got to dig in. Mm-hmm. And I think Adventure with Coffee is kind of a great example of that. They dug in, they impulsively sold their house, they bought this uh, camper van from a relative, and they didn't build their own van, which is honestly, (laughs) right now, feeling like a great way to go. Yeah, I almost wish I had something I could just like jump right into and go right now. Well, that was kind of the idea with buying the RV. (laughs) Bad idea. Yeah. Well, then, you know, we just I think the RV we bought was a little bit too old and a little (laughs) bit too much help. Oh, man. Yeah, that's how it goes. But they had struggles in the beginning, too, with their rig. And that's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles a lot, you know, especially if you want it to be pristine for when you're on the road. And that's what we're trying to do with this rig right now. What I love about this conversation is that, you know, they're very transparent people. We talk about mental health and, you know, what what that looks like on the road if you're struggling with mental health and how actually being and living life on the road could change that for you in such a positive way. Um, And, you know, obviously, uh, Tyler has been really working really hard on himself when it comes to the mental health issues. And it's really awesome to see him, you know, what it looks to be working hard on getting to a positive place in his life. And uh, yeah, I I just think he's done that. Yeah. So let's dive right into this conversation. Grace and Tyler, we're really excited to have you guys here today. Coffee with adventure, or I've switched that adventure with coffee. (laughs) So we'd love to get to know your story and how you kind of embarked on this whole alternative lifestyle. So why don't you kind of take us back to where your heads were at before 
you made the leap to move into like full-time RV life. And really what was it that made you take that leap? I'm going to let Gracie tell the story because I think she's going to be able to tell it in a better way because she knows what was going through her. It was my brainchild, but just her reaction, I'm going to let her tell the story. Um, okay. It was definitely a bomb kind of that got dropped in my lap one day um, that he wanted to kind of start doing this full time. And my parents originally had been doing this full time for a little over like two or three years at that point. Uh, and they were stationary. And then it kind of just grew into this. All right, well, we'll travel here and there. And then as soon as we start talking about that, Love my husband. Um, if he doesn't go big, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> so it kind of just turns into this. I want to travel full time. Why not? You already work remote. I'll get a remote job and we'll just do this. Um, so I sat on it because I have to really think about things like that. Because that's huge. His family, he's from where we're from. Um, and he's lived there his entire life. And I went away for college and that was it. And I've pretty much been in the same spot. So both of our families live here. And it was a big step because we're both big family people, like massive. We do everything with them. Um, so that was a big concern of mine. Uh, so we sat on it for, I'd say, about a good month. I gave myself a deadline. And then I just said, you know what? Let's do it. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. And that's kind of how we rolled into it. And so you guys mentioned that you sold your house. So like, mm -hmm. what were the kind of the steps that you then took once you decided, okay, we're going to follow in your parents' footsteps <laughs> and go for it. You know, what were those next action steps or plans that you had to put in place to make it a reality? So luckily we have a very close family friend who is a uh, well-known realtor in our area. So we obviously went to her and said, hey, can you help us list our house? And she worked her magic. Um, there, our house is very unique, was very unique. Um, there was nothing like it on the market. So we didn't really know what to ask for the house. So we just kind of took a shot in the dark and threw a number out there. And we, uh, within a month of listing the house, we had it sold and were moved out. Uh, we got an offer a week after it went on the market and we, it was exactly what we were asking for. So we probably really underpriced ourselves, but at the time we didn't know that. And whatever happened, happened is what we told ourselves. And we, uh, took that leap. We got sold the house and then moved, the uh, full time into the RV. We went to a resort first, Ocean Lakes family campground in Myrtle beach, South Carolina. And that was our first stop. And we learned we did not want to live in a resort ever. <laughs> what was the reasoning for that? Like what happened at that resort that made you feel that way? So it was just so crowded. We, we, the place we're at now, Lake Town Glamping and Lake Waccamaw is very, it's a new place. There's only five spots right now. He's adding another 25 to 50 over the next two years. So you know, it's growing, but we like a little bit of space and back in the woods, but everything was open and, you know, there's nothing wrong with kids, but when you don't have kids and you're working throughout the day and people are on vacation and there's kids screaming outside your window, it makes it hard to focus. And um, I think my biggest gripe, which wasn't really Gracie's biggest gripe, was um, that they don't allow third party vendors to, or third parties to come in. So you can't have somebody Uber you food. If you've had a long night of drinking or you can't Uber back into it, you have to take a taxi. And there was only certain taxis that you could take to get in there. And it cost us, we had to take our Jeep. We got a new Jeep whenever we sold the house that we could flat tow. And it cost us $200 round trip each to go to the uh, where the Jeep was and then back. So whereas an Uber probably would have cost us $50. So it was kind of like one of those, eh, 
So a lot of resorts are like that. We've learned. We uh, actually went to Jellystone National Park in Tabor City, North Carolina, a couple weeks ago, and with our nephews. And um, it's still very much the same thing, resort life. Uh, but we don't mind going for a weekend to take our nephews, but definitely not not somewhere we want to be during the week when we're working. So how do you want to travel then? In that case, like if you don't want to do resort life. Like, what is it that you're looking to to do differently, and how do you think that's going to work out for you guys? So we're actually on. There's an app called RV Life that Tyler found. Um, he's my little researcher. Um, so that's actually what we've been using to plan out our entire year for 2024. Um, so we look at reviews through Google. We look at reviews through that app um, just to kind of find more. I'd like to call them local. Um, and we're not really looking at, there's a couple of big cities we're staying in just so we can go to the certain attractions we want to go to. Um, but a lot of them are more on the outskirts. And so getting that feel of not RV stacked on top of one another. Do you know what I mean? Like they're spread out a little bit. Um, so that's kind of the vibe that we're looking for. Okay. Okay. Do you guys ever like boondock it or anything like that? Or is this strictly like you strictly stay in RV styled spots? So we uh, have solar panels. We have got it ready for boondocking and we are prepared for worst case scenarios to boondock. Um, the first year while we're getting our feet under the, our, you know, grounding and trying to make sure that we have everything. We don't want to be staying in the middle of nowhere and not have access to something that we need at the, at, you know, in our first year doing this. So we are prepared to boondock. We are get, gearing up for it. Um, we are, we, we need a new hot water heater right now. So that's always fun uh, to have to replace things. That's what everybody says. It's like an owning an RV is like owning a boat. You have to spend more money or put more money into it than you spend on it. And I'm like, yeah, that's turned out to be true, but. So can you tell us a little bit about the RV that you actually decided to go with? Because it is just the two of you. I'm wondering, did you get something really big? Did you get something, you know, a little bit more manageable? If you are staying at the RV parks, I could see how, you know, a bigger rig might be suited to that. So maybe you could just, because you're also kind of like younger than most of the people that we talk to that do the <laughs> RV lifestyle. Most would be more like your parents, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so they have certain luxuries and whatever that they want or need. So for you guys as a young couple, no kids, two dogs, you know, what did it look like for you when you were picking which model that you wanted? It kind of fell in our lap, actually. We started looking, uh, like Gracie said, this started off as an idea where we just wanted to travel occasionally. So we were looking for an RV. We had a budget in mind, didn't realize how expensive RVs could actually be. And my grandfather was had an RV that he was selling. It was a motor 2008 Coachman Concorde 300. Uh, it was a little bit bigger than what we were looking for. It was 31 foot, but it it had three slide outs and it was amazingly sized. And we got to talking about price and the deal he gave me was, I mean, the insurance company values it at double what I paid for it. So. I mean, I couldn't turn the deal down. So it, it kind of fell into our lap. It was just the right time we were looking and he was selling and everything came together. And so we decided to aptly name the RV after my great grandmother, my grandfather's mom, uh, Dink. So our RV's name is Dink. And then we've got a Jeep Ginger. So we name everything. Nice. Uh, what's the size of the rig? Like, how big is it uh, foot, footage? How big is Dink? Yeah, how big is Dink? Dink is 31 foot long. Okay, so then when you're towing, too, you're probably almost 40 feet kind of thing. Yes, yeah. How has that been to, like, manage and figure out how to, like, maneuver? That is a great question. Um, so we actually had... We went to Leonard. So we stay in Mount Airy, which is in North Carolina. It's close to the Virginia border. Um, so we've stayed there a couple of times. My sisters live up there. So we go see them occasionally. Uh, so we went to Leonard's who they 
work with trailers and things like that. So they actually hooked it up for us the first time. So nice. Second time we hooked it up. Uh, there was a little mishap and one of the pins came out. So on the highway, the steel bar that's not supposed to bend, bent and our Jeep started to go sideways. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Um, so we had to unhook everything. We drove separately. Um, but since then, we went and got better clips and better pins. Um, and we are good to go now. It is definitely a process we are both learning because mm-hmm. neither one of us had experience with it. Um, but I definitely say I've done my research and everybody says flat toe is the best or the easiest per se if you do full time. That's mm-hmm. why we kind of chose it. Um, but as far as like driving with it, it honestly feels like driving with a trailer and a truck. You just mm-hmm. kind of get used to it. So it's really not that bad. Nice. Has it caused any fights between the two of you? Not, not putting it together. Not now, doing that. Now, whenever, <laughs> when we were on the side of the road, whenever she, uh, whenever, because she was driving whenever the mishap happened while we were with the Jeep and we pulled over and I got out. I was calm and I was trying to, you know, work on it. And I asked her to grab me something. And she, I don't even remember what she said, but it was just like she yelled at me and I was like, I'm just trying to help you. (laughs) And um, she, I mean, she apologized like as soon as she got the hammer. I think it was a hammer that I was asking for. And she came back. She's like, I'm sorry. I shouldn't snap like that. So like, I mean, we really, honestly, uh, Gracie, maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but I don't feel like we fought nearly as much as we used to when we lived in a house since we've lived in the RV. We've, and it's weird because we're a lot closer now. Um, you know, obviously quarter wise, but also personality wise, we work right across from each other. So we've built a bond like what we had before. We had a lot of personal family issues that happened that had kind of come in between us. And we've been able to repair that since we've gone on the road. And we've really, I feel like we've been in a lot better place and the fights have been, you know, a lot less. And the ones that we do have are or whatever like they don't matter mm-hmm. unpack that a little bit for us like uh what's the difference what's the difference between living in the stationary house and being on the road that has gotten you away from you know the the fighting you know obviously you said this to your family but what like what's the big difference another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Honestly, it's just because we are such family-oriented people. It would, a lot of times it would be something where either was my side or his side and I give I'm a very defensive person and so I snap into that defensive mode easily and I'll give him credit like he really does like he's pretty calm about most things and he's like let's really think about this um but I just like I'm working on it but a lot of it would come from one of us getting defensive about something because they're our family and we love them and we don't want anybody to say anything about them. So, or we just wouldn't agree on certain things sometimes. But between just him and I, we don't have those issues. They do stem from the family that we have surrounding us. And it's not their fault. Like, they don't get into our business. We let them into our business when we shouldn't. So it's not their fault. But I think moving away, most people are really happy for us. Um we have a couple people that not they're not mad love my best friend where um she has a daughter and we're her godparents um she's not that happy with us <laughs> um but for the most part most people are really happy for us and you know they're they're okay with us getting away and that's mm-hmm. our family yeah I think, go ahead tyler i think 
adding on to what Gracie was saying, you know, being able to, like I said, we spend a lot more time together. Whereas at the house, it was a lot more space. And whenever Gracie was working during the day, she was working in her office. I was working in my office. And now we work (laughs) in our dinette right across from each other. So if I need anything, I can just look up and say, hey, you know, I just want to tell you I love you. Or she can do the same for me. And it brings us closer together because we're not so far apart that it it doesn't feel like we're at work all day because we are together. And I think, you know, for me, I've, I struggle with a lot of mental health issues and she's my safe person. So being able to be with her all the time has brought me into a more grounded place mentally as well. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind just asking, you know, what are some of the mental issues that you are facing and like, how do you think your partner helps you with, with, you know, getting you past these, these mental health issues that you're having? Yeah. So I was uh, diagnosed about 10 years ago, bipolar. Uh, I've always struggled with depression and anxiety. Uh, this year I was, uh, I'm being evaluated for borderline personality disorder and post-traumatic stress disorder by a therapist. And so Gracie, whenever we first met, I kept it a secret from her because I was very ashamed and I had, I, it was in the beginning of my journey. Um, but I was so afraid of what she was going to think. And whenever I finally came out to her, it was probably about a year after we had been together. And, um, I told her about some of the things that I struggled with and just the way she was so supportive. She didn't judge me. She didn't look at me any differently. She was like, you're still the same person that I love. You know, just because you have these issues doesn't make you any different than when I didn't know about it. She was like, now I love you because of these issues and because of these flaws, not despite of them. And just having somebody in my life after dealing with a lot of negativity from people I called friends or called family that whenever the diagnosis came out, they looked at me differently. I had got a lot of judgment, a lot of stigma because 10 years ago, if you were bipolar, you were looked at as being crazy. I mean, still sometimes today you get that look and you get that stigmatism, but Gracie didn't give me that. She treated me just like I was a normal person. She responded well and The biggest thing I can say about her is she has taken the time every step of the way to learn about my illness and to learn about what it is that she could be doing to help me to learn how not to take things the wrong way. Because with a mental illness, sometimes you lack social awareness and social cues and don't say things the right way. And she's learning those things and learning my cries for help. I mean, it's still to this day, it's a learning process and it probably will be for the rest of our lives because I'm always changing. Um, The way I I cry out for help is always changing and other people do experience that same thing. So her looking into it and doing the research and really taking the time, that's what's so special about her and what she does for me because without her, I, I don't know where I would be. And I tell her all the time, we came in, I, we met whenever I found the combination of medicine that I am still on 10 years later. I went through about six combinations of medicine before I found that. And I found that medication and a week later she came into my life. So it was fate brought us together. That's beautiful. I feel like it's kind of the attitude you have to have with your partner in life in general, but especially when you're living in just such a small space, it's like, how can I help you? And how can I make your life better? Because by making your life better, it's going to make my life better. You know, like when one of you is in turmoil, the other, and you know, you're just going to sit back and not do anything. And that's going to put you in turmoil and then nobody's happy. And Mm -hmm. so it's really important to, you know, for everybody to take that message, whether they have a diagnosis or not, you know, just to be introspective, especially when you're living with a partner in such a small space. Yeah. And I just want to say that like, uh, I, my father was bipolar and, um, you know, so I, I, lived through experiencing uh, a person in my life that had, you know, several mental health issues. Um, but for somebody that has been diagnosed with that, uh, and from what it sounds like from what Grace said earlier, 
uh, it seems like that you you must be able to take a little bit of a step back because the fact that you can handle things with such, such calm uh this like you know when you she was saying that a lot of the time you you know are like the one that's grounding you guys in the sense of some type of conversations that you've had to have or she'll jump to a conclusion but yet you're like hey let's think about this you know i i feel like that is a that's a very uh wonderful thing that you've figured out how to do because for a lot of people that are diagnosed with that they don't really have that ability to react like that all the time yeah, and a big part of that, which um, comes from Gracie, because whenever we first met, she really wasn't – the older she gets, the more she becomes irritable. <laughs> so <laughs> she was very, very calm in the beginning of our relationship. I was the one who needed grounding, and the roles have very much flipped. And so the way I'm able to ground myself is the same way she was able to ground me back then, was, was, which was just hearing her voice. I'll hear her voice say something to me in my head and say something like, hey, it's okay, or you know, we'll figure this out together. I hear what she is saying to me, and just being able to hear her voice and take it in is what really brings me out of those moments where I feel heated. Mm. I can totally see and understand the reason why the first year uh, you're structuring your RV life the way that you're structuring it at the moment, just because like, then you actually have the stability of, you know, the campground and and the things around you with immediate attention, if you need it, Uh, it makes a lot more sense to me now than previously, you know, especially how old are you guys? So uh, I'm almost 30. I'll be 30 next year. And I'll let Gracie, I don't tell Gracie. I'm, yes, you do. I'm 27. <laughs> yeah. So to me, uh, like, you know, you guys are very young. Um, and a lot of people that are about that age or our age even uh, are looking to boondock a lot of the time. Or looking and, not to really like plan, you correct. know, like they're like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe I'll head towards Utah and see what <laughs> happens, you know. So it's definitely unique to have the structure and the plan, but it sounds like for your lifestyle and your stability and the mental health aspects and everything that's going on, having that stability is actually what's making life on the road more feasible and possible and probably takes a lot of the stress out of it. Yes. 100%. And we're very plan-oriented people. I used to not be, and being married to him has, and being with him has made me that way. Um, So especially for our first year of like, real traveling i think it like what you said it will make us feel a little more comfortable with everything but i have a feeling once 2025 rolls around we actually might do a little bit more sporadic spontaneous type of traveling Mm -hmm. i think too what you might find is that the rv parks get a little expensive after a while yeah so let's talk about money and things like that because one of the big reasons that we never really stayed in rv parks we didn't have the money to (laughs) and you know like one night here or there maybe or if we were meeting up with friends you know like we would make concessions but you know for us to be able to travel longer term having a free night was always more advantageous than having a paid night right Mm -hmm. so how are you guys kind of managing that all? Have you worked out the budget for this? Do you know what it's going to cost roughly to like have a spot for the whole year kind of thing? And that app that we're using, we're able to like budget out what everything's going to be. Um, a big thing was we knew what our mortgage was before doing this. So for us, when we sold our house, we are here for six months. We paid that six months up front. So we haven't been paying rent period for the last six months. So not having to worry about that, we've been able to save a lot of money because we knew we were going to travel full time in 2024. Um, And as long as our month does not equal up to what our mortgage was, or it's right there around the same, we know we're going to be okay. Because we also include, you know, gas. That's a big thing people forget about. If you're not pulling it, you're, we're putting gas in two different cars at this point. Uh, and it is so expensive to fill up dink. <laughs> so I think that's one of the budgets we had to get used to. Um, but we're very, as far as financials go, I got lucky enough to be with somebody that had a good head on their shoulders 
when I first met them and he actually taught me a lot. Um, so that is something I'm not too, too stressed out about. And we might try boondocking. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm a little nervous about it. <laughs> um, just cause we're still trying to learn how solar panels work. And I'm just like, I'm an AC girl. And I just, <laughs> I'm scared not to have it. The solar panels aren't going to have enough power to power your AC if you want it. So definitely it calls for more of like a, a fall or, you know, spring style travel. Uh, if you are going to boondock it or chasing 70, like knowing where the weather is going to be agreeable kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you can set up your, your system to accommodate an air conditioning, uh, if you put enough solar on it and batteries and, and you need a large battery bank too, as well. Um, at least a minimum of 400 amp hours to run an AC full time, depending on the, the AC that's there. And, you know, uh, cause you, we have a friend who is in a box truck and he runs his AC full time, but he has tons of solar and the 400 amp hours of battery. And he normally stays out of Texas. So you definitely need mm. air conditioning staying out of Texas. Yeah. 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 But I, I do think that you guys will enjoy boondocking once you do it, coming from two people that like mm. exclusively that's how well, we traveled. Also, we kind of introduced a couple people to boondocking as well. Like yeah. even some van lifers, you know, when we first met Forrest and Alex, they had never spent a night not paying for a campsite. And by the end of our kind of um caravan together, they were like, I think we can do this. Yeah. I think we can, you know, so maybe you just need somebody to kind of like welcome you in or mm-hmm. anything too because like you kind of went from the house mm-hmm. to kind of still like a safe space you know mm-hmm. what I mean like a long-term you know yes. get comfortable kind of space so probably once you're moving more quickly or like I don't know how fast you're planning on going like a week or two weeks or a month or mm-hmm. you know what you're doing but the more movement and comfortability you get with towing and flat towing and setting everything up and you know you're like okay how long does it take us to get out of a spot if we're not all hooked up you know like just knowing these things and getting comfortable with your rig I think is a huge first step Mm -hmm. and so giving yourselves that time to kind of like grow into it isn't a bad idea at all and we're not trying to force you into boondocking so don't think we are (laughs) (laughs) no actually I think having like a guide to do it would make me feel more comfortable because I'm just you're right. It's just, it's new. It's mm-hmm. also new. So that's definitely probably not a bad idea is to just have somebody do it with us our first time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the the major key is uh, finding that group of people that might be, you know, the people that you're about bypassing or, you know, set up a, an opportunity to meet up and hang out or even just go to an event like where there's other people that are enjoying the similar type of lifestyle, go to an event hang out, have fun. You'll find your, your, like your group of people. That's just kind of how it goes when you're there. And uh, they'll most likely invite you along on a little caravan trip. And when you do that caravan trip, you're going to be boondocking it because most of them are not staying in the campgrounds. Some of them will be, and you know what? You might even find the group that does stay in the RV spots. But I think nine out of 10 times you're going to run into people that are looking to boondock it. And that will be opportunity to get more comfortable doing it. One of our big goals, something that we've always talked about, would be boondocking it at um, all of the state parks one year and just going through the state parks, boondocking and hitting as many as we can and national monuments and all of that good stuff, just taking a whole year to do that. So we'll have to uh, definitely get more comfortable with boondocking for Gracie, but that's that's on the docket for the future. Is there anyone in particular, like a monument or a state park that you're looking forward to seeing the most? I would probably say, I Grant, I don't know about state park, but I want to go, I know it's cliche probably, but I want to go see the Grand Canyon. That's on my bucket list. Um, and we actually, we've never seen it and it's massive, but I do want to go stay in like the Blue Ridge portion because um, it's huge. You could stay ton of places there um but i do want to go see that too i don't know about tyler but those are probably my two i was gonna say the one that i'm most excited about is definitely blue ridge because whenever i was a kid we used to go to the blue ridge mountains on vacation all the time and we would always come through the blue ridge parkway and 
we used to go hiking through the Blue Ridge National Park and it would just be kind of cool to be back there. We lost my grandfather a couple months ago and that's kind of my connection to him is always the mountains and the woods. So being able to be back there and connect with him on a, on a new level. It's beautiful. Speaking of the mountains and the woods, do you feel like getting out of your hometown and maybe spending some more time in nature has helped you mentally clarity, you know, helped your relationship some, how, how are the dogs doing? Like, are they loving being outside more? So I'll talk about my mental health and I'll let Gracie talk about the dogs and <laughs> um, how she's adjusting to the outdoors. Um, but yeah, my mental health has been really, really good. It, it has been amazing. I'm not saying not that I'm still taking my medicine. So you know, nothing on that front has changed, but I, I feel really, really good just being able to be in a closer quarters with Gracie, grow my relationship with Gracie, be closer with the dogs, um, because the dogs are our kids at this point. We don't have our own kids, like you said. You know, we we take care of them. Um, so we we do what we can. And I think being out in nature has definitely helped my mental health and um you know, except for whenever we have to fight a brown recluse, which I'll let Gracie tell that story. Yeah, we actually, uh, so it, it's common knowledge, I guess, um, that you're going to have bugs, you know, like it's going to happen, um, especially because we live in the wooded area right now. Um, so we've had like the occasional like little spider here and there, and I'm not a big bug person. They freak me out. Um, so I've got like traps everywhere like I'm just a I'm just gonna make sure they can't get to me regardless um but <laughs> there was a brown recluse that popped up underneath our tv because we have a the drivable motorhome right and I was like that thing crawled in from the front of the car and got here so Tyler tried to kill it with a paper towel and it jumped on him and, oh. and he shook it off and we couldn't find it so I like wouldn't sit down and I couldn't relax and I had to find it. So I eventually found it and Tyler killed it. Thank the Lord. Um, but that's been like our huge issue with a bug. Um, so that's me living in the woods versus a home and RV. Like I'm just getting used to it. Um, I've killed my own share of spiders at this point, which is not normal for me. I'm getting there. Uh, as far as the dogs go, um, our smaller dog actually had surgery at the end of May. She tore her ACL. So that's been kind of an adjustment because we did just start at the beginning of May. So kind of she went into, we went on long walks for that first month and we did all kinds of stuff outside with them and a lot of RV parks, which is huge for us. Also, it's a perk is if they have a dog park, a fenced in area. Um, so she was then not able to do that. And we used to live on almost an acre of land and it was fenced in. So she is used to going. And so she kind of halted that a little bit. Um, so I think that's been a big change for us. Also for Tyler and I, it used to be get up in the morning, let them outside and they're good. They're just going to chill. We had a beautiful deck. It had like, it was screened in with a roof and like, it was nice. So they had shade. They had the outside. We let them in, let them out. Now it is getting them up, getting them on a leash, making sure you have your doggy bags and you, you roll out. Uh, so that's been a huge adjustment for both of us is making sure that we take them out regularly. They're on a schedule now. We're on a schedule with them now. Um, but that's that's kind of been an adjustment. Our bigger dog, he's he's an old man at heart. So uh, we don't really have to worry about him. He's always been like a lounger and just a chillax. That's that's Tyler's best friend. So um, that's kind of that's that's our dog story. They're doing good, though. That's good. That's great. Uh, and I want to ask Tyler, when it comes to your mental health and the medications that you need, how does that look on the road for you now? Is that going to be something that you might struggle with getting the medication or access to it um, and or will places take your insurance if you have insurance for stuff like that how does that look yeah so we've got a pretty good insurance um that is 
because it's through Gracie's work and her work is obviously remote. So she's their company is nationwide. So the insurance is very much, it has a very good coverage. Um, but the biggest issue is I'm going to have to change my psychiatrist because my psychiatrist only practices in North Carolina and or is only licensed to practice in North Carolina. So if I'm in another state and we have an appointment, she cannot legally have the appointment with me. So I'll have to find an online provider um, that can do that. And I'll have to have it sent to wherever. And we'll know because we've got it planned out. We'll know where we are so that I can say, okay, I need my medicine to be sent to XYZ pharmacy in wherever we're at. So, you know, getting the medicine, I don't think that's going to be a problem, but I am going to have to find a new psychiatrist, which is kind of nerve wracking because I've been going to this psychiatrist for about seven years. Um, it's a different one than I initially went to, uh, but I've only gone to two in my life. So, you know, changing it up to a third one is kind of nerve wracking. You get to a point where you're comfortable with your psychiatrist and you feel comfortable talking to them and you have a certain level of trust in that they know what they're doing. And it's a little scary, but you know, we're, we're making this decision and to better ourselves. And I think if we're going to keep, if we're going to do it, you know, then it's all meant to happen for a reason and it's going to work out in the long run. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that attitude. I think, you know, change is good, but change is scary, right? So you kind of just have to roll with it and hopefully you can find somebody that you feel is equally as comfortable with. Um, and yeah, that is interesting that they're only licensed for that one state. So, you know, you could just be like, yeah, I'm still in North Carolina, but can you send my prescription to Florida? <laughs> Thank you. I almost wonder if yeah. there's a way to have your North Carolina person work with the online per person so that way you can get the drugs to wherever you need. Yeah, I don't know. I It's a conversation. I've got an appointment coming up in the next couple of weeks, and it's a conversation I'm going to have to really sit down and have before the beginning of the year um, and figure that out for sure what I'm going to have to do. Yeah, but it's great, Grace, that your insurance covers that. I feel like that's kind of everybody's dream is to have a completely remote job that has – the benefits and the pay that, you know, lets you be able to afford this lifestyle. So maybe you guys could just break down, you know, what you're actually doing for work on the road. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Um, so I work for an educational services company. Um, I used to work in an office in Wilmington, which is very close to Leland. A lot of people know North Carolina Beach. You hear Wilmington or Myrtle Beach usually. Um, so it was a nonprofit college. I learned a lot, but I really started looking into remote jobs because I actually switched when COVID was at its height. Um, and we kind of went remote for my in-office job, loved it. I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, so it's very similar. I'm an enrollment counselor. I work specifically with a school in Alabama, um, but we contract out to a ton of different schools. Um, but that school was one of their biggest clients. So I work on a team of like 20 plus, uh, colleagues and we all do very similar things, but essentially I help students with, their application process, so applying, getting transcripts, financial aid, things like that, um, and help them get enrolled and get started. So I take care of a, the bulk portion of a student getting enrolled. Um, that's really it. I'm really looking at going back to school and getting a ma my master's, though. That's my goal. We'll see. <laughs> um, I wanted to make sure we could plan everything for 2024 because that's a lot traveling full-time, working full-time, and then going to school full-time. So um, I want to make sure I can handle it all before I take that on. Um, but I that's my goal. Cool. 
And what Gracie isn't telling you is that she is also the owner of two businesses or one LLC with multiple uh, arms under the umbrella. We uh, both, I run the Tea with Coffee Media. Gracie is the owner. And she also helps me with day-to-day operations. So Tea with Coffee Media is an independent uh, publisher. So we publish independent authors. We handle everything from cover design, editing, formatting, marketing. Um, We have about 20 authors signed, books planned throughout 2024. So we're really excited about that. That was kind of my brainchild. And Gracie was like, let's do it. we also have the Witkowski Company, which is a nonprofit marketing and communications firm. So I specialize in helping nonprofits with their digital marketing and communications PR needs. I've been in marketing communications for over a decade now in various industries, local government, restaurants, higher ed. Um, But where I found my real passion was always helping nonprofits succeed. I served on the board of directors for several different nonprofits locally in Leland. And it was just always a passion um, to be able to help them succeed. So whenever I was doing the Witkowski Company for nonprofits and online startups, but I recently rebranded, um, just rebranded this month to be strictly for nonprofits because that's where my passion lies. We also uh, make a little bit of profits from our website, uh, our blog, Adventure with Coffee, and we have some affiliate partnerships. So we've got hands in a couple different cookie jars to make this dream a reality. We're, you know, it's not just Gracie working, we're both putting in a lot of work everywhere. and you know, trying to do everything we can to make this work and make our dream a, a, a reality. That's super awesome, guys. It's uh, it's amazing to see what you're accomplishing and to have all that stuff going on in the background that people don't always notice is uh, it's incredible feat. I know that for Alex and I, we go through a very similar thing, but just constantly working, whether it's, you know, this podcast here or YouTube channel or building out something um, whether we're filming or editing or there's just, there's just so many things to do. Um, and then always looking at the future and our next endeavor. And, uh, we have a lot of things in the work in the background. So we totally understand what it takes to, to get there and, and what that takes to do. And it's, uh, congratulations. You should tap yourself on the back for that one. Cause it, it really is difficult. But it makes it so much easier when you're doing it with your best friend, as yeah. I'm sure, you know, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely easier. I would I wouldn't trade this in for the world. I you know I personally left a um, a very good job in air conditioned refrigeration in New York City. Uh, could have been extremely comfortable the rest of my life. Same for Alex in um, in finance and whatnot. And you know, there's there was an opportunity for us to do something for ourselves, and we jumped on it. And I mean, I I wouldn't want it any differently. I, don't, I think she feels the same exact way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That definitely has some challenges, you know, <laughs> but it is great to be working together and to have the time together and to not have to, you know, say goodbye in the morning and then not see each other for, you know, eight plus hours and then, you know, come back together. So it's really nice to spend the days together mm-hmm. working on things. And even though sometimes there are some differences of opinion or whatever, that <laughs> if we didn't have difference opinion, we would not be human. That's right. That's what makes the world go round. Yeah. And I think the the cool thing about it is when you have that difference of opinion, it allows the other person, you know, yourself or them to come around to something different than what normally they would be, you know, fully in on. And then they say, oh, that, you know what, that worked out. That worked out even better than what I expected it to. You know, sometimes it doesn't, but a lot of the time I feel like it does. (laughs) Gracie has definitely, I mean, she's opened my eyes to so many different views and beliefs in my life, but also whenever it comes to this content creation part of our life, like I'm the marketing person, but she still comes to me with ideas and I'm like, man, why didn't I think of that? Like that, I should have thought of something like that. But I mean, she just, she's naturally gifted and she knows what people are going to like. I mean, she 
posted her first TikTok whenever we left uh, Ocean Lakes, and what does it got like fifteen thousand views or something like that on it? And it's like that she's only got one TikTok on her entire TikTok page, and I'm like, I've I've got like a hundred TikTok posts, and I think the most I've got is like a thousand views. So tell me what your secret is so that we can incorporate it. She just she just is naturally good. People love her. She's crazy. That's beautiful. How long have you guys been together? Um, eight and a half years. Going on eight and a half years. It'll be eight and a half. I don't know. August. Oh. We've been married for three years. Yeah, you're right. We've been together for eight and a half. See, you're right. (laughs) She was coming in hot. She was like, "You don't know the number." Uh She she forgets that when we lived in our house, I had a giant picture frame made that has the date that we met, the date that we started dating, the date that I asked her to marry me, and the date that we got married. So I know all of those dates by heart because I used to see it every single day. That was my secret. Well, now you got to have the date that you moved into the RV. You know? oh, yeah, we do have that. <laughs> there you go. I have that. April 28th. <laughs> Wonderful. April 28th. So if you guys had any advice for people who are looking to maybe get into this lifestyle, like, you know, a younger couple who, you know, is thinking about the RV thing, um, what would be your advice for them? This is going to sound so weird, but we, um, we joined a, a lot of Facebook groups before doing this full time. I was like, great. I can ask my questions. I can see what other people are doing, that kind of thing. And there are, and I, I've met not one mean person doing this. Everybody is so nice. But I have actually seen on these sites, like on Facebook, on those pages, that a lot of people are like, don't sell your house. Do this for a little while and then see if you like it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I didn't do that. Um, <laughs> I just went for it. And honestly, that sounds a little crazy. But if you're going to do it, if you want to do it full time and not just travel for you know, trips and vacations. If this is something you want to do full time, I say jump with both feet in and just do it. What's the worst that's going to happen? Tyler and I decided that we were going to do this, take it seriously for a year. And if we absolutely hated it, we would figure it out. Mm-hmm. Life is too short to, to just worry about it. So I say jump in and go for it. Yeah. I mean, for me, that's, that's the biggest thing is just don't be afraid. It's a big, scary change. Um, like Alex was saying earlier, change can be scary, but ultimately you've got to be a risk taker. And if you're going to be living life on the road, um, you've got to take risk all the time. So if you're afraid to take that initial risk, then maybe the life on the road isn't right for you, you know, because there are so many different, we've had to, learn new experiences and take different risk along this route, you know, just like with the, whenever the Jeep came off of the RV, you know, that was a whole new experience and we had to take a risk even getting it off the side, onto the side of the road because the Jeep was going all over the place. So you've got, there are going to be mess ups. There are going to be things, mishaps and arguments and things that don't go right. But I mean, even owning a house, that's what I tell people all the time. You know, whenever I owned a house, I had to change water heaters and showers and toilets and anything you can think of. I had to change it in my house, just like I have to change it in the RV. So, you know, while, yeah, you probably do spend a little bit more money on the RV in the long run uh, or on repairs for the long on the RV, you're still spending money on repairs for your house either way you look at it. So mm-hmm. just go for it. Don't be afraid. I love that. That's awesome, guys. I got one more quick question for you guys. <laughs> Since you guys are adventure with coffee, what's your favorite coffee? All right. <laughs> so um, we actually uh, just started drinking fresh roasted coffee, which is it's the name of the company. Um, we ordered about 150 coffee pods, different flavors. I think my favorite so far has been their organic dark roast uh, Black Knight. I'm a big, I like the hearty flavors, the big dark flavors. Um, We also, I tried one today called Blueberry Crisp that tastes like a blueberry muffin in coffee form. 
Mm-hmm. And it was it it's definitely my second favorite. So Gracie, I'll let you tell that's, them your favorite. That's it. That blue that blueberry one is amazing. Tyler's a straight coffee drinker. He doesn't put anything in it. I'm more of a I want a little bit of coffee with my sugar and creamer. So <laughs> I'm I'm that person. Um, but that blueberry crisp is amazing. Amazing. I used to be a Gracie. I'm now a Tyler. <laughs> I used to be the the foo-foo, caramel, mm-hmm. yes. whatever wild type of put everything you can in there to make it taste not like coffee. And now I'm like <laughs> Tyler, I just drink it black. I'm like, don't put yeah. anything in it. Exactly. Well, I can't even handle coffee. I was having heart palpitations <laughs> in New York and they said you should just get off caffeine. So I haven't oh, had wow. coffee in probably like 10 years. And what the last time I did, it gave me like heart palpitations and a like a terrible migraine. So, so a little Ooh. fun fact about Alex: she cannot drink coffee. Yeah, <laughs> as good as it smells, I can appreciate the like aroma. Right. But I'm a I'm a tea granny now. <laughs> That's okay. He's better for you. Well, but- hopefully we can still adventure together someday, even if I'm not <laughs> drinking the coffee. I'll drink the coffee, right. both of us. Don't worry, babe. He'll be hype. <laughs> <laughs> we've got tea. We've got a, a TK pods too. So we've, we've got you covered. There you go. Yep, yep. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. We've enjoyed the conversation and we'll be sure to link down below everything for you guys so that uh, anyone who's, you know, listening, wants to get some inspiration from you can find you easily. Thank right. you guys so much. It was a blast. That truly was an amazing conversation. And just like, getting to know people that are on the road that are having different difficulties than ourselves. And yeah, it feels like that we kind of get that through a lot of our episodes, but this one felt just different in a sense of like talking about the mental health aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And I really like how the, they travel so much differently than we do. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't think we could caravan together, (laughs) (laughs) but I think that, you know, the idea that the way that we travel would be totally unsustainable for them, you know, like not knowing where we're going to be the next night, the next week, the next month, having, you know, no plan. Like our plan is a no plan plan. Like sometimes we'll have a destination that's like, a month in the future, like for a long time, we were like, well, we have a dentist appointment in Idaho. And people would be like, I love that for you guys. <laughs> right? like, like, that dentist appointment is about three months away right now. So we've got three months to get from here to there. And we have no idea what we're doing in between of that. That's great. Let's go hang out. They're like, sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just the, the difference in how we travel is just due to the fact of the type of people that we are and the things that we deal with in our lives. And you know, it, it really is beautiful to see the difference in people and how they go about doing their business. You know, there's no wrong way to do it. And I don't care what anybody says. If they tell you there's a wrong way, they're wrong. Because it's it just, it's inevitable for us to have a, the exact same as experience as humans. Yeah. And even if they're doing something different than what we would do, it doesn't mean that it's wrong or bad or anything like that. I think it's just also we have so much in common with them, even though we are so different from them. Yes. You know what I mean? And I think that's the thing that we have to remember about van life and nomad living is that even though you might travel differently, your rig might look different. The way that you plan your adventures might be different, that that core of the freedom and wanting to get out there and do something different and get out of that rat race and build something for yourself. Like so many nomads are entrepreneurs and it's really beautiful to see. And so we have a lot of things in common, even though we have a lot of things that are different. Preach baby, preach. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I I totally agree. You know, and that's how we are as a human race too, as well. We're very similar, but yet so different, like drastically different in a good way. We just have to open our eyes to the the good parts of it, you know, and and understand. Try to put your yourself in their shoes. That doesn't mean that you're going to totally understand everything. But if you like literally try to place yourself in the situation that they might be in, you know, it it just opens your eyes to different scenarios. I think we found that a lot in our travels because we would meet people all different kind of walks of life, no matter not. And people were generally super friendly, really nice, want to chat, want to talk. And then we would, you know meet up with other people and they'd be like, oh, you went to that state? Aren't the people there just like this? And don't the people there think like that? We're like, no, they're just like you and I and Alex and everybody else around us. Like they want good communication. They want love. They want respect. 
you know, as long as you do those things and you're good to go. You know, if you start disrespecting people and get nasty and stuff, obviously you're going to have a bad experience. But people do that all the time everywhere, no matter what. Like the Internet is a prime example of that. If you want to find people to talk crap about you, you can find them in a minute. But also at the same time, the Internet is a very prime example of the complete opposite. Yes. And the positive things that happen in life and how people could be so sweet to one another. And just because they want to do it out of the goodness of their heart and they want to spread joy and positivity. So it's really all about what you feed into. So it's time for you to feed into the positive stuff by listening to us here at FNA Van Life. I feel like you're already on the right path. Yeah. So if you're enjoying the show, be sure to drop a five-star review wherever you're listening to the podcast. Come find us on our YouTube channel. We put out new content. Well, usually every week, but being that we're nine months pregnant, I was going to say nine weeks and then 39 weeks. And then I don't know. That's baby brain. <laughs> but we've definitely slowed down on pumping out our content. So come and visit us there, though, because we do have lots of good stuff and we are going to be putting out new content a very soon. ASA, not P. <laughs> ASA sometimes. Yeah, but we, we really do appreciate you guys. We love you. We're so thankful for all of you. If it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be here doing this today. And we're just thankful that we continue to get to do this because of you guys in the community. So make sure to share this podcast with a friend who would enjoy something very similar to this, whether it's about van life or it's just about the positive outlook or how to, you know, look at life in a different way. We appreciate you sending the message to them and uh, we can't wait to see you guys soon. And if you want to be the first people to find out when the baby's coming, come and join our Patreon because they're definitely going to be the first folks getting a sneak peek of, you know, when things are going down. The little F and A, you know what I'm saying? And with that being said, we hope you guys have an F and A day. Hey, everybody knows it's true. Band life, YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All that.